Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 12 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. We're in buoyant mood after watching an absolutely fantastic match at BC Place between Vancouver Whitecaps and New England Revolution. It was a game that had it all. A comeback, sending off, penalty, some world-class goals, some horrible defending... Just everything you could want from a football match and hopefully there were some people in the crowd tonight that maybe weren't regular Whitecaps goers and they're going to have seen that game and they're they're going to become huge Whitecap fans and, and come to some more matches. So we're doing one of our special post-game shows tonight. I'm your host Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're just going to get right into it. So Steve, what did you make of that game? Pretty entertaining match to watch. It was good to see the Whitecaps come back and show some resiliency. Resiliency, of course, when they went down two nil, it was you can kind of see the the wind come out of their sails a little bit. They still tried to pick themselves up. You can see Rio Coker trying to get the guys going, especially the, the defensive guys can't keep them on the game, but. It's difficult to watch. I was actually watching from the stands. I was uh, standing with the curva today. You can you, you can sense a little bit of the worry, especially going down two nothing to a team that has given up uh, very few goals in the last few weeks. So, to going down two nothing, uh, going down one nothing was okay. The goal was it was forgivable. Uh, the 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 the. the the long ball that was sent in, it kind of if it doesn't really show it on TV as much, but it kind of curled quite a bit away from Leveron. So Leveron wasn't able to get a proper header on the ball uh, to get back to Knighton, and that kind of left Knighton out in the open. There was a little bit of an issue of Harvey probably trying coming forward a little bit and trying to cover it that that man coming in, um, Agudelo. So the the first goal was a little bit forgivable. The second goal was just. Uh, you couldn't understand what was happening there. I, I know that uh, a lot of people are blaming Leveron for not letting Nathan get the ball, but even if he had clear, cle- he cleared it out to the sideline for a throw-in. For some reason, I don't know if it was a mental lapse or whatever. Harvey went after the ball to save it from going out of bounds and kept it in play, and he actually put give it right back to a New England player, which baffled me completely. It would have been a much easier play just to let him go and let it, let the ball go out. So that was a little bit of baffling play. I, I, I don't understand why he did that. Um, that led to the second goal. Now at that time, New England had only given up uh, three goal, more than two goals, I think only once all season long. So the likelihood that they were going to pull out three points reduced. Uh, the percentages, the odds, whatever you want to call them, reduced significantly. So they it looked like the game was basically going to be a draw or nothing, which would have been still devastating because they needed the points. These are the games they need points in. So to see them come back, um, I thought thought it showed fantastic spirit. The obviously the red card and the penalty jump started uh, that comeback. So um, that was a positive. Um, the goals that they scored were uh, fully earned and everything like that. So. Um, now the now I, I was on the field level. I haven't had a chance to see a replay. I couldn't tell whether it was a legitimate call on the red card. It seemed like uh, well, he was a, there was the last man back and everything. So for that reason, it is. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, the penalty and the sending off was it legitimate or did the Revolution have something to contest with the referee about that call? Well, after the game, Kenny Miller said he had been clipped and he was just about to take a shot when he was caught. He wasn't sure if it was his ankle or his calf or something and he had been 
caught. I've watched the replays of it and it's really hard to see. At some angles it does look like there's maybe been the slightest bit of contact. To others it looks like there was no contact at all. He did embellish it a little bit at the end as well. He kind of threw himself forward. It's hard to tell. If it had been against us, I would be arguing that it wasn't a penalty. But it was for us. Got us back in the game. It's a huge turning point of the game. And I'll take it. And the thing is, at that stage, I was fearing the worst. I had just tweeted out that it was going to be a long night. And it kind of looked like New England were on fire. It could have been a, maybe a 4 or a 5 nil win for them. And all that was going through my head, and I believe Pete Shad made mention of this as well during his broadcast, was this was going to be the end of Rennie. The Knights were going to be out. People were going to be saying, get Frank Yallop in, get someone else in. And Rennie's days were going to be numbered. And it was looking so bleak. And then full credit to the team. They, they got the break and they turned it around. And the thing is, just by getting that break... They still have a lot of hard work to do. Camilo still has to bury the penalty. And playing against 10 men is never easy, as we've seen so many times over the years. For for all our teams, I'm sure, people listening to this, we've all seen our teams struggle against 10 men. They still had to get the job done. They still had to get level. They still had to get in the lead. And they did that. The pleasing thing for me is that the, the way that they played after they scored the penalty... It was all-out attack. It was wave after wave almost at times in that end of the second half. We could have been going in 4-2, 5-2 up instead of the 3-2 that we were because we were playing that well and we had some chances. The one that Camilla had in the last minute of the first half, he did everything right there. Lovely 1-2 with Miller, got past the two defenders, got round Shuttleworth and then just that last-ditch tackle saved him from, from getting on the score sheet for his second. Miller's two goals were sublime and we're going to talk about them later. And it was also good to see the attacking substitutions that Martin Rennie made. I'm still not 100% sure that they were the right substitutions and also the lineup as well. It did surprise me. I thought if June Marcus Davison is going to play in any game at home, the game that he needs to play is when you've got two makeshift or two unfamiliar centre-backs back there and you need that added little bit of defence and this was the game he got dropped for. Nigel Rio Coker played really well in the DM role and I think that's what we're going to see going forward. We're going to see two players in that DM role, Nigel Rio Coker and Gershon Kofi when he's fit. And I think it's going to be great for the Whitecaps because it's going to do something which June Marcus Davison doesn't do, which we've discussed several times in, that it's going to give an attacking edge to that role. And you're going to have the two players that's got the ability to go box to box, but also have the ability to defend and, and cover Hopefully your full-backs going up the wing as well and provide bonus coverage for for the centre-backs. That's what we're needing just now because it's easy to get carried away by a great comeback win, some individual performances and just an, an overall general high leaving the game. What is easy to forget in all that exuberance is we played terrible for the first 20 minutes and you're left with the what-if scenario, which didn't happen, so you don't want to spend too much time on it, but what if there wasn't a penalty awarded, or if there was a penalty but the New England weren't reduced to 10 men? How would the Whitecaps have done? We were ripped apart in those opening minutes, and it could very easily have been a 3-4-5-0 win for the Revolution. It didn't happen, 
but we cannot forget that. And I think the key thing is the players and their management are acknowledging that and they know that there's still a lot of work to get done. And as long as they work hard and they tighten up the defensive attributes which playing two holding midfielders would do, it's looking promising. And the thing is, last night's win, however fortuitous it might be, it was vital. It still keeps us in seventh place in the West, but we're now just one spot off the playoffs. If we can win against Chivas, well, when we win against Chivas on Wednesday night, it's going to put us back in the playoff places for the first time in, in many a, a week. I can't even remember the last week of the season that, that we were sitting in the playoff places. It's so tight in the West just now that a couple of runs of games, string some wins together, and you're right in the mix. Put some defeats together, you're right at the bottom. If we can get 12 points in June, that is going to be massive for us. And I, I'll put my hand up, I never saw it coming. Especially after the Seattle game, there was a bit of doom and gloom amongst many people. But if we can get 12 points this month, that is huge and it's going to really set us up for the summer. But it's now what we go ahead and do in the summer that is key. And the team has to work hard, knuckle down, tighten up those defensive frailties. And we can maybe go and do something and keep ourselves in the playoff mix. But a string of bad results and we're going to be back in the mire again. That is just how tight it is just now in the West. So that's our thoughts on the game. Let's hear now from both the managers. First we'll hear from the New England Revolution's Jay Heaps, and then we'll hear from our very own Martin Rainey. To be honest with you, it was some of the best stuff we've done um, this season. The first 20 minutes, I thought we were prepared, we were ready, we were all over them. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, you know, one play, you know, long ball over the top, um, and, um, you know, there's, you're still looking at the film on it, but, you know, we felt like it was, um, you know, a bit harsh, and, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, we're down. Worst part is we're up 2-1, but we're down a man. 70 minutes to go. And uh, that's referee's got to be 100% on that. And he felt like he was. And, and, and um, you, know, you, you know, hopefully uh, we can look at it some more. We were moving the ball. We, were, we scored two goals. And, you know, I thought that we were just, you know, I thought our movement was really good. And I thought our preparation was really good. And, um, you know, we had a game plan. And that was the game plan was to, to play in their half and jump on them. And we did. And. Um, you know, sometimes game plans get erupt, you know, disrupted, and uh, you know, I'm just the only thing I'm a little disappointed was after the red card, our reaction um, for the next 10 minutes. You know, we gave them another goal, and we really wish we had, um, you know, solidified things and made a couple, couple, you know, just played a little bit better in that time, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more alert, a little bit more veteran-like in those few minutes. And and um, you know, unfortunately, we're a younger team, and um, you know, we, we uh, you know, we, we got rattled a little bit, and. Um, but I, I really like the fight we had. I thought we came back. I thought we had chances to tie this game at the end. And, and so, like I said, great opening, disappointed after the red card, our reaction, and then um, you know, excited about our second half, the way we came out. We must be the most entertaining team in the MLS, <laughs> I think, because the games never seem to be over when, they, when you feel like they should be. But started off the game slow, and, and New England, I thought, were playing really well. Agudelo looked like you know, the, the, the player that people have talked about and I've not necessarily seen before, but today you could see just how good a player he was. He was giving us all sorts of problems. We didn't defend well on, on the first two goals, but the thing I liked was that we had a couple leaders there with Kenny and Nigel who kept going, who really showed grit, determination and fight. And they know that if you keep going in the game, anything can happen. And so from 2-0 down, we've won a game 4-3. We've won our uh, third game out of the last five in MLS. Um, we've got a game coming up on Wednesday at home where we want to focus on getting our fourth win out of six, which will probably make us the, the hottest team in MLS if we can do that. And so that's where our focus needs to be, and uh, we're happy to get away with the win tonight. The right car made a big difference. 
Yeah, it did. I think, you know, at that point we were struggling to find a way back into the game. Um, but, you know, it was the right decision. That would have probably put us back in the game at 2-1. And that could have been enough to get us going. But um, it's not always easy playing against 10 men. But today, for the most part, we, we did a good job of it. Do you want to talk about what that result will do for the confidence of the team, not just in coming back, but also in holding on to the lead at the end? Yeah, I think you know wins do build confidence. Like I say, we've won three out of our last five and tied the other one, so I think we're fairly confident. We have been playing well. Um, I think sometimes people don't have a realistic perspective on, on where, we're, where we are and what we're doing, but that's three out of five with the tie in there, and so that, that does build confidence, and we just want to get that focus and determination right uh, for Wednesday night, and uh, you know then we've got a 10-day break where we think a lot of our injured players will come back so it puts us you know right today's result uh, helps us a lot and now we need to dust ourselves off and get ready for the next one yeah I was just thinking this is going to be an exciting game because we're going to have to score three or four goals to win it and that's what happened Martin why, why does this team make life so difficult for itself I have no idea I mean that's the thing I'm, I'm starting to wonder is <laughs> it, can't, it can't be good for my health watching these games because um you know, I've got used to over the years coaching teams that have consistently won and, and done things in a fairly organised way and right now we, we just seem to uh, be doing things the hard way but right now we are winning and we're, we're moving forward and um, hopefully we'll get to the point where things are done a little bit more easily. You know, Today again we had a, a, a number of young players out there and I think sometimes that makes it a little bit more complicated but in the end I think their experience that they're getting is going to help us and help them. As you heard in Martin Rennie's audio there one of the questions which I asked him at the press conference was, how does a game like that, a victory like that, affect the confidence of the team? Not just in the way that they came back, but also in the way that they didn't concede a late goal the way that they've been doing recently. So you heard Martin's reaction. What's your thoughts on that, Steve? What does a game like that do for the confidence of the team right now? I think this is the confidence level for this team is kind of still a little shaky. What I mean by that is, the I think... Attacking-wise, I think they have full confidence. I think they, they feel they can score a multitude of goals each game. But if you look at their back end and the back line, I think there is still the, the there is a lack of confidence. I think they uh, it showed in a couple of those plays. Um, I know they didn't give up the tying goal at the end, but they still gave up a late goal. The, uh, make it a, you know a little bit less comfortable at the end the one that Mitchell gave now I think Mitchell was probably on tired legs at that point so you can't really uh, and you know coming off that injury and then also coming in from Edmonton and everything like that so and not train not properly training for an extended period with Leveron so there was probably a little bit of uh, uh, tired legs there so you can't really put too much on that but still there is still, I think, a lack of confidence on the defensively. But like I said, attacking, they should be full of confidence. They've been scoring goals at will lately. The the two against New York were fantastic. The two against Seattle, again, beautifully set up. Even all the goals here, they were perfectly set up. Tybert again, once again, set up Harvey on that the cross, perfect cross. And Harvey came in out of nowhere and just blasted that by. So confidence attacking-wise, I don't see an issue at all for them. And it was also good that they held on for the three points, even though, they, like I said before, they did they give up that late goal. But in the end, it was uh, a three points they needed. They just need to get that extra, another three points in Chivas, against Chivas, to bring that total up. And they definitely are back in the uh, playoff race for the Western Conference.
Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. The attacking confidence has to be pretty much close to being at its peak just now. Still not right though, because they're still creating chances in, in other games that they haven't been taking. But banging four goals in, that's going to do so much for the confidence. And as you say, the setup play as well. Some of the crosses that we've been putting in the last few games, especially from Russell Tiber, it's just been phenomenal. Defensively, the confidence is still going to be shaky. Even when Andy O'Brien's going to come back, it's still going to be shaky. And until we start keeping some clean sheets, until we stop letting in any late goals at all, there's going to be some nervy times. And those closing minutes, you were just kind of waiting almost for, for New England to grab the equaliser. And that's the thing, if they had got that, the whole mood in the dressing room, the whole mood of the fans, the whole mood of the media would be completely different. We would be looking at a whole, whole different range of topic points in this podcast. And that's the very, very razor-thin, fine line that you get in football. Success and failure, it's just the, the narrowest of things that, that can determine a manager's fate, really, and, and a player's fate. And we got the, the luck of the green, we got the bounce tonight. Could so easily have gone the other way, but it didn't. And that will give them confidence. And there's a number of players that will have confidence, and especially the two-goal hero. Now, the man of the match in the Caps win over New England was Kenny Miller. There was a, a number of really good performances, Camilo, Russell Tiber again, but Kenny Miller was just outstanding in the game and deservedly won the Budweiser Man of the Match award, but I think most people watching would have had him as the man of the match. Two fantastic goals, got brought down for the penalty, lots of hard work off the ball as well, and just general hustling and getting the team motivated and leading as a captain should, leading by example. And it was a very happy Kenny Miller in the dressing room after the game. So we'll play a little bit from the press scrum, including a question I asked him about how he would rate that goal that he scored compared to one of the goals that he scored for Scotland recently, or fairly recently. Here's what he had to say. Delighted with the goals, more delighted with the three points and the, and the fact that we've got another, another win at home and, and we're maintaining that, that record we've got at home and, and the, the decent enough performances, but we've got to get better. Did you see the keeper off the line in that second one? Or you of course just I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's, it bounced up. It's it kind of sat up nice. I was expecting it actually to run run over in front of me but it kind of stuck I think it caught the defender up, kind of out a little bit as well and it's just a case you hope hit it hope that it goes in and fortunate enough it did Last week you talked about how score two goals you should win games this <laughs> week you thought uh, uh, better make it four than just well, to be careful That's it we just need to make sure we, maybe, next, maybe Wednesday we'll get five it's, uh, <laughs> it's again I mean, delighted with a win but again losing the three goals is, is disappointing for us because we said like you said last week uh, two goals should be enough to get something from the game but again tonight it wouldn't have been but we've got to go away positive we're happy we've got three points which is a, a big win and uh, it sets up nicely we set out with these two games at home to get maximum points and, and we're halfway there Martin Rennie talked about uh, you needed that veteran leadership and you and Rio Coker supplied that. Is that something that you're trying to take take a little bit more initiative in? Well, it's, it's important. I mean, again, I've been in this situation many a time when I've been two goals down. It's important that you keep going because that when you're two goals down or two goals up, that one goal can get you back into the game. And it's, it's important that you, you still have that belief. And I always thought at home that we could get back in it. And sure, fair enough with the sending off, it does change the game a little bit. But we got back in it and from, from that moment on, we went, particularly in the first half, we went from strength to strength, and like I say, we could have had a few more towards the end of that first half. Kenny, where did, uh, where did Farrell actually catch you in the box? He 
Clip your it's, it's just back. a clip. I mean, Sam, I'm, I was getting ready to pull the trigger and, and put the ball in the back of the net, and he just kind of clipped my heels or my calf, and it's one of them. But it's, I mean, it's harsh on him. But I think with a little bit of law, it's got to be a sending off because I was getting ready to, to shoot the goal. So the what, best one you've scored since the Cyprus game? Probably, yeah. I mean, that was I mean, good flag up that. If you go on YouTube, you can see that one. It's a, it's a good one. But, yeah, tonight was, like I said, I'm happy to get the goals. I mean, it's one of them where you swing at it, you hope that it goes in. And tonight, fortunate enough, it went in for me. So, Steve, what did you make of Kenny Miller's performance in the game? I thought Kenny Miller was fantastic once again. He, he Take away those two goals. Um, obviously, you don't want to because they wouldn't have won otherwise without them. But take away those two goals. He had a f- fantastic performance. He was working all night long. He knew what to do. He That late in the game when he took the ball into the corner and just stood it there. Obviously, he was trying to get a corner out of it, but he didn't wasn't able to do it. But still fantastic performance. And then, obviously, the two goals. Great job in you know, recognizing McCarthy was... Uh, uh, kind of rooted in his feet, and he popped it over him, and, and then and and took the took the shot off, and uh, beat shot of worth with that shot, and then the, his next goal, the Miller, uh, the one where he uh, the second half, just to know to stop in in his in his spot, let the defenders get by him, collect the ball, and just uh, know what to do with it. He took the shot, obviously. You can kind of say it was a you know blindly taking shot. Obviously, a goal scorer like him is going to know where to put it, um, but he put it in a perfect spot. It was it was right by Shuttleworth, who totally froze him. So, uh, two fantastic goals by him. Obviously, he, again, all, he was also the reason for the turnaround in the first half when they were down to nothing. Because if not for his work to beat uh, Andrew Farrell to the ball, get into the box, and then feel the contact and go down. Again, don't know if it was legitimate or not, but he felt the contact. He went down, earned the penalty, earned the red card, put the, the Whitecaps one goal within and, and one man up. So for with about you know, 70, 65 minutes to go or so. So it was an overall fantastic performance as a designated player and the captain. And uh, at this point, at the way he's going right now, you're hoping he doesn't actually transfer out of Vancouver and he sticks around for the rest of the season and, and see what we could do with him. Yeah, that is a bit of a fear now that all those rumours are going to come true and he is going to head off to, to play for Rangers against the mighty East Fife in the Scottish Second Division. I think we are likely to see him stay here to the end of the season though and in the current form that he's in, it's like watching the Kenny Miller that I watched when he was in his 20s, banging the goals in for Rangers, when he played for Celtic, all the the, the great goals that he scored for Scotland over the years. And as you heard from the, the soundbite we played there, I asked Kenny about his second goal because it reminded me so much of the goal that he scored against Cyprus in a friendly for Scotland. And, and obviously he agreed and it, it kind of came back to him right away. We'll put a link up to that goal, it's on YouTube, we'll put a link up on this article on Canadian Soccer News and also if you check out our report and reaction article for the New England game, we've got a link in the, the quote section there which is going to link you to that goal and you'll you'll see it and you'll, you'll see exactly what Kenny Miller is capable of, whether it's playing for the Whitecaps or whether it's on the, the world stage at international level. Both his goals tonight were world class. It's what we were needing, what we were expecting. It's what we have to get from a designated player. And he hasn't failed to deliver. He is on fire at the moment. It's like he's just he's got a second youth and he's completely rejuvenated. I'm hoping to catch up with him next week, maybe have a, a little chat with him about that to see what it is that's put that spring back into his step. 
what it is that's kind of... It's a, it's a different Kenny Miller. It's not what we saw last year. I don't know whether it's just that he's got a bit more used to the surroundings. Has he got a bit used to the the artificial turf? The second goal, the way that he let that bounce and then the defenders kept going forward and he waited so it had bounced back and tracked back, that is experience. And you cannot... I was going to say you can't buy that. Obviously, we have bought that because we bought Kenny Miller. But you know what I mean. It's something that these young guys, it's not going to be something that's immediately in them unless they're a complete world-class player. They're going to have to learn that. And playing alongside Kenny Miller, even if it's just for a season, it's going to do so much for these guys' careers. When we spoke to Corey Herzog, I can't remember if it was this podcast or the West Coast Soccer podcast, he had said how much he had learned from playing with Thierry Henry in... New York, and he's going to have done the same. He's going to learn so much playing alongside Kenny Miller here. It's been fantastic, great to see. I just hope he can stay healthy. I hope he can keep it up because just now, Miller, Sanvezo, and Tiber, the three of them together, they're just on fire. Now, another thing we should discuss is the whole Leveron situation with his call up to the Honduran national team. Now, they're only going to be playing in uh, Salt Lake, Utah, so it's not too far of a travel, uh, travel-wise. But if he does play, even the travel, even a little bit of travel like that, it's still going to wear him down a little bit, especially if playing a full game Saturday. Do you think um, they have they had a choice in doing this, or? Do you think it was just something that they weren't going to stop Leveron from doing and they're, they're letting him go? Or is it that they maybe feel that Eddie O'Brien it, it could be ready for Wednesday? I know he's hasn't really trained at all this this past week. He didn't train at all. So uh, what do you feel about that? I, I think that I'm hoping nothing tragic happens like uh, what happened with Demerit, where Demerit was at the Ulster game last year where he was forced to play uh throughout the whole 90 minutes even though it was promised that he was only going to play 30-40 minutes so uh, what, do, what, what are your feelings on the Leveron call up is it a good thing or bad thing for the for the Caps and uh, Leveron himself well it's obviously a good thing for Johnny anytime that your country calls you up for an international it's such a big moment in a player's life and so many players don't get to experience that so it's something but she's a proud Honduran and he said he wants to put himself in the window for the international scene by playing in Vancouver so it's something that we're going to have to expect. Vancouver will have had no say in this at all. Under FIFA regulations, if a country calls you up, you have to let them go. Especially if it's a World Cup qualifier, it's something which you can't really say, we're not going to release the player. That said, Martin Rennie was talking about it after the New England game, and he said he's not expecting him to play. Now obviously there could be a disaster that happens, early injuries that throw him into play for Honduras. If that happens, Rennie's going to kind of monitor the situation and depending on how many minutes he plays, we determine if he could go on Wednesday, how many minutes he could play on Wednesday. If the worst comes to the worst and he ends up playing a lot and he can't play on Wednesday, I really don't know what the Caps are going to do. Obviously we've got Adam Clement, he isn't MLS ready, but we are playing the weakest team in MLS, so... I don't know, is that a chance to blood him or is that just a step too soon? From what I've seen of him in PDL play, he he is nowhere near ready for for playing in MLS. You could bring somebody like June Marcus Davison to play back there along with Carlisle Mitchell. And Davison has played back there before in reserve games, possibly alongside Mitchell, I'd have to check that, but I think that might actually have been where he played. Either way, Leveron is going to be tired and it's going to be something that if we're playing a better team than Chavis, I would be a lot more worried because whether it's a short trip to to Utah or not, 
hanging around airports, being stuck on a plane, it does drain you, it does tire you out. And it will have an impact on him. He is still a young guy, he's a fit guy. We'll just have to see how it goes. I don't think it's going to be a big issue. I don't think it's going to play on Tuesday. And I think we'll just see the Johnny Leveron that we've got used to in the last few weeks when he, he plays on Wednesday against Sheavis. And that brings us nicely to Wednesday's game and a little look ahead to the GOATs. Now we have Chivas USA coming in in a few days. They haven't had more than a week off. They did go to Carolina and play in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, lost three one on Wednesday, but they didn't. They are not playing this weekend, so they are having about a week's rest before this match. They are currently not the same team that the Vancouver lost to. Uh, in fact, they haven't won since they played Vancouver back. Uh, in April or so. Uh, so what are your overall thoughts on them? We still need to get three points, but is this a team that's hungry or is this team that's given up uh, that, that they're going to be facing this time? And can the Whitecaps take them lightly? Because, the, you know, the, they have come back to earth and they are at the bottom of the table right now in the West East Western Conference. So what are your overall thoughts on this match? What can the Whitecaps do to to make ensure that they can get the full three points and make get go, get those crucial nine points in June? I don't know if you can ever say that a, a team has given up, and I, I don't think I would describe Shivas as that. If anything, they're a broken team. A very broken team. They've, they've, as you say, the last victory they got in MLS was against Vancouver, which was at the, the end of March. And at that time, Vancouver's going to Carson, and they were facing Shivas at a bad time because Shivas were full of confidence and they were doing well. Now we're getting a Shiva side and we're actually facing them at the best possible time. They're low in confidence. They've lost four MLS games in a row. Just went out of the US Open Cup to Carolina Railhawks and I watched that game and the Railhawks dominated them. And although they only won an extra time, they were well deserved of their of their victory. Now the thing is, when, when Shivas were losing earlier on the season, it was narrow defeats. They they lost by a, a single goal to Salt Lake. They lost by a single goal to Colorado. But in May, we, we've seen some really big losses for them. They lost 4-0 to KC. They lost 3-0 to Portland. Salt Lake beat them 4-1. Colorado just beat them 2-0. But as did Seattle, they're struggling. And it's not going to get any better against Vancouver. I think it's a guaranteed three points. I know you never want to count your chickens too much, but this is a game that should be another huge confidence booster for the Whitecaps. Growing up what we've just seen against New England, and I think we could see another four, five goal performance from them. And going into 10-day break after that, it's going to be fantastic for the Whitecaps. So definitely something to look forward to. We might look at doing a post-game after that as well. If not, we'll do one at the weekend. And we'll just see how things go. 
Now, taking a quick second and from the pitch and talking about off the field news, what do you think? What do you make of this David Ustad uh, rumored signing? The Denmark papers or Norwegian papers have said that he is coming to the Whitecaps to MLS. The Whitecaps currently have three keepers on their roster. Uh, Cannon, who has a guaranteed contract, Knighton, who's currently there playing as their number one, and Simon Thomas, the number three guy. Those three guys, one of them is going to have to be moved if Ustad is coming into here. My feeling, well, we'd like to know your opinion, but I think that Cannon might be uh, the guy that's going to be on the way out, whether it's through trade or does he end up retiring? And I'm not sure if this will even... If, well, this will take the money off, but he could retire because it could be a medical thing. Because I remember he hasn't played in a while, but he has been on the bench. But against Chivas, he only lasted a uh, in the reserve game. He only lasted a half. He actually came off with something, uh, some issue with his shoulder. So I, I'm not sure what's going on. He he is getting up there in age and it could be a time where he tried to play this year and it just doesn't look like it's going to work out so what do you think of that do you think it's one of those guys do you think Knighton's on his way out do you think both of them and Simon Thomas is number two uh going forward in the summer so it's an interesting question to figure out what's going on with that I think both Knighton and Cannon will be on their way out by the end of the season. I don't think either of those keepers are going to be with the Whitecaps for the, the 2014 season. Now, the Eistead rumour, it, it's more than a rumour. It's Basically, it's a done deal. But the Whitecaps don't want to announce it yet. It'll probably get announced next week, maybe the week after, in the lead-up to the, the DC United game. But it's it's going to get announced. So, obviously, four keepers on the books. We can't have that. Simon Thomas is officially on a season-long loan to Edmonton. So that would mean that he wouldn't came. We would just have the three keepers that way if we wanted to do that. My gut feeling is that we're going to see Joe Cannon retiring. You mentioned his shoulder injury there and he was seen leaving the game tonight with an ice pack on his shoulder. So obviously his shoulder is still giving him a little bit of jip there. And he, he is getting older. He might be having some trouble with other parts. Like possibly there's been some niggling injuries this year that's that's not really been mentioned and it's kind of been been kept quiet and he's been playing through that. And if he does retire, and I wrote this in my article about Ousted, which you, anyone that wants to know about David Ousted, check out our article on AFTN, everything you could want to know about the Danish keeper, and including a rather interesting incident with a carrot that took place in one of the Superliga games earlier this season. But anyway, in that article, I mention about if Cannon is going to retire, I hope he gets given a good send-off. He's been... A veteran of MLS, he's been such a great guy to have around the Whitecaps. I'll always remember him going into Oscar's bar after one of the games at Empire, putting a thousand dollars behind the bar and just saying, the drinks are on me guys, you've just watched a really crappy game, go and enjoy yourself. And that's just the kind of guy he is. He's, he's a fantastic guy to be around. I'd like to see him have some kind of role in the Whitecaps, either in the front office or in a coaching role. Not sure if he wants to do that. He might even want to go back to San Jose. Maybe something's going to crop up there. But I do think we're going to see Ouster as the number one. Nathan as the number two to start with. But next year we could see Thomas as the number two. And if Martin Rennie, if he's still here, if they have faith in him as being the number two, we might even see somebody like Callum Irving promoted, which I would love to see as the, as the number three keeper. 
So we'll just have to see how that goes and, and we'll keep an eye on that. But watch for the Ousted signing getting announced very, very soon. So before we finish this week, since everyone's in a really good mood, I thought we would finish with a little bit of fun. One of the other big news stories of this week was Whitecaps legend Carol Valentine has finally joined Twitter. So whilst we were just hanging around in the dressing room waiting for the players to come out, I had a quick word with him just to see why he's decided to join Twitter. Tweet, tweet, tweet. What made you come on? Well, they've been bu- they've been bugging me to go on for months and months, and then there was last week there was like someone's going to sit down, and then uh, Shana and Brandon had a good laugh because someone said, "Oh, Shana, can you sit down with Carl and teach him Twitter?" And of course, like she had a big laugh at that. So her and Brandon sat down and then set me up the account, and then I just sat there for about. Half an hour watching, I was like, "Can you turn this off?" And it's like, I, I don't like it. Oh, you'll lose your life now. It's like once you go on Twitter, that's it. Is that right? Yeah. I don't I, know anything about it. I thought it was going to be just rubbish and it was going to be pointless. And then you get on it, and it's like you waste hours. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff from Carol there. If you want to follow Carol on Twitter, you can just get him at Carol Two One. So that's all for episode 12 of the AFTN podcast. As always, thanks for listening. I really like doing these post-game ones and we hope to do a lot more. You can find my co-host Steve Pander on Twitter at the White Caps Beat, and you can read Steve's work on AFTN, of course, and also on prostamerica.com. I've been Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, and you can read all our stuff on AFTN by going to aftn.ca or visiting us on Canadian Soccer News. If you want to get in touch with the show, or if you have any ideas for stuff that we can mention, or features we can run, just send us an email to aftncanada at hotmail.com. So until next time, come on the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.